This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer and I've got some good news and some bad news. The good news is Liverpool are back top of the league after a win at Fulham. The bad news is it is the international break. Oh, sigh. Right, to, to discuss that with me, I've got the good, the bad and the ugly, or the past, present and the future of the Liverpool Echo Sports Desk. The past is Christian Walsh. <laughs> I was Hello, looking at the toilet when you said past. Hello, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. It, it would be the past, but in this case you have literally left. So yeah, yeah. I, have, I have taken up the mantle, but I'm on loan, aren't I? It's a bit like, yeah. I would say when Fowler came back, but I'm not that good. So it's a bit like when they released Aurelio and then he's resigned them like two weeks later. I quite like that analogy. Yeah. James Pearson pass would never go together if anybody's played five side with him. No, so there you go. The present is, <laughs> is Ian Doyle, who is usually presenting, but today you're having a well-earned day off from presenting, aren't you, Doyle? Yes, I am. Why is that? Because I went to the game on Sunday. <laughs> That's why you got to ask me questions for once because James isn't here. Where is James? James is on a 10-day international exactly. break for himself. Yes. Represent this home country of Bath, probably. Yeah, he said that he uh, he said he needs to be fresh for the running. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, he said right. while supping on one of many cans on, yeah, the, uh, seen that. on the, you right. the train back. Was he on? Was he on? Was he on Guinness? Did I? Did I imagine? I that? don't think it was Guinness. No. But well, I wasn't. Was I wasn't on his train, so I don't know not. for sure. Okay. So. Just reading his own match report over and over again as well. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, he actually he, he reads it out as he's writing it as well, which is very annoying. Oh, he does. Yes, he does. He mutters to himself as he's typing his words. I know what his verdict says before I've read it. Exactly. Yeah. Great. And <laughs> the future of the Echo Sports Desk is Theo Squires. How are you, Theo? I'm good. Cheers, you. It's a big tag to put on you, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it was. So don't turn out like Ryan Babble, <laughs> who we slagged off in the last podcast and then... What well, did you almost, expect? Yeah. What did you well, expect? Well, I kind of did half expect yeah. it. Anyway, Doily, we'll start with you, yeah. seeing as you're desperate for us two. You were at Fulham. Mm. You were at Craven Cottage. Yep. Did it feel like a big win yesterday? Well, all wins are big at this stage of the season, but the manner in which it happened, you'd have to say, yeah, Liverpool were, were by far the better team, which, you know, let's face it, they were second in the table going into the game, playing against the team who was second bottom. I've got the worst defence in the, in the whole the Premier League. And uh, I thought Fulham did okay without actually being brilliant. You know, they, they, they looked to contain Liverpool. I think they, they made a big deal of this on match of the day, I think, uh, on Sunday night, where they talked about how they played a containing game and they were determined not to leave many gaps. But what it did leave was gaps on the, out on the wing. And that's where Liverpool profited with the first goal. Good play by Mane. Put it out to uh, Firmino and he ran in for the, uh, for the return. Liverpool just, though, it almost became too easy for them, I thought, in the second half. And you always felt like they were always going to create chances. And they thought that as well. But what they forgot is you actually have to put them away. Because if you don't score, you're always liable to the kind of mistake that ended up, you know, giving gift in Fulham their equaliser. You know, so James Milner came on, came on. His first contribution was to slice a clearance. Then Virgil van Dijk couldn't make his mind up whether Alison Becker was going to come or not. And Alison Becker couldn't make his mind up either. Turns out that his, you know, his header was a little bit short. Babel nips in and then it's one all. And then, what was it, about 20 minutes to go, less than that? And you're thinking, here we go. This is a proper test for Liverpool. But unfortunately, they got, they got the job done. You know, Sadio Mane won the penalty, which I think uh, I think we spoke about it early, didn't we? That he won it on reputation, I think, because the, the keeper just panicked when he saw the ball bouncing and Mane was in front of him. Probably had thoughts of that Watford back heel in his mind and just thought he had to get to him. Just a quick one. You know, we all agree it was a penalty. Oh yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, well, I, Scott Parker said it was a penalty yeah, as well. So no you know, I don't, there's that. only one person probably who said it wasn't and that was Tim Cale, the yeah. Everton cult hero and not an Everton legend. Just thought I'd point that out, by the way. Um, 
And then James Miller steps up, you know, a bit of redemption for him after the early mistake, tucks it away and he's the one player in the Liverpool team you'd want taking that penalty at that time time of the game. So it wasn't particularly great performance. There were one or two individual decent performances. I think they looked a little bit tired, but then, you know, they've had a big week, haven't they? Going over to, to Munich, getting a great win there. Mm-hmm. Three wins out of three in eight days. Top of the league going into the national break, international break, sorry, in the Champions League quarterfinals. How can anybody be moaning, Joe? Christian, knowing you, you probably predicted an 8-0 win for Liverpool <laughs> going into this one, but they went a goal up and it, it was a strange game because it felt like a testimonial for a bit. It didn't feel like Fulham, they, maybe they were containing, but they, they weren't really putting in a great deal of effort by the looks of things. And, and Liverpool just seemed to drift. And then it, midway through the second half, you started getting that horrible feeling, Fulham are going to just nick a goal there. And they did. But does it say a lot about the character of this team that they came back and still managed to find a winner? I think it does. Have the Klopp said the words a couple of times, I think, in the press conference, in the intensity. And, mm-hmm. and, and that was what was lacking from Liverpool. It was almost too easy at times, as cliche as that can be. I thought the, and you know, everybody's reluctant nowadays to talk about I'm the weather right, yes. because, you know, how Jürgen Klopp said it was windy at Goodison Park, but there was an absolute abysmal 15 minutes of weather where it was hailing, it was raining. Write down, Christian Moss blames wind. I am blaming the wind, <laughs> I am blaming. <laughs> that spell in the first half where none of the players could head the ball because, because they, couldn't, was, they didn't know where it was going. Yeah. It genuinely was just a, it, very crazy. And in the second half, it was it, hailing. It was just Joel Batty. <laughs> it, wasn't just him, it was Mitrovic as well and Van Dijk Van Dijk had one or two headers that didn't go quite where he intended sorry like source of sorry like the goal well yeah that one can we, can we let Christine speak <laughs> yeah I am back uh, it swung the, you again sorry <laughs> it swung the pendulum source of in Fulham's favour because it, it it did even it up a little bit because all of a sudden let's face it this Fulham team is a lot different I think to the Claudio Ranieri yeah. one and even the Jukanovic one because I think they played against Chelsea a couple of weeks ago and they, they were far tighter at the back. They looked like they had a bit of shape. But, and this might be a bit unfair on Scott Parker, but because of the type of player he is, I'm expecting him to basically in-train and just basically erect brick walls and say, run through them. It feels like he's that type of manager, that type of coach. And if, if nothing else, he's getting them playing for the shirts. He's getting them, you know, fired up. And that wind sort of, and, and, and that hail, that whatever the hell was, was happening with the weather, felt like it was a real equaliser before the equaliser because Liverpool couldn't play quite as well. You know, Fulham started to to dig in and, and, and go into a couple of tackles. Those second balls. The reason Klopp doesn't like this win is because Liverpool as you see from the amount of goals that they score from second balls from corners, he, he, you know, when, when it's a bit windy, you can't really dictate where the ball's going to land. So it becomes more of a, a coin flip then. Fulham were profiting from that. They were getting the, the breaks. There was that one just before the equaliser where I think yeah. Babel run through and it was actually Mo Salah, wasn't it? Who, who basically stopped the three-on-one from happening. Obviously scored an equalising goal as well. So for that to all happen and Liverpool to concede and then to come back, it almost it was like the flick of the switch when Fulham scored. Liverpool went, Christ, we're in a game now. Yeah, we actually yeah. best do something here. And, you know, from straight from kickoff, they, 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 they had that intent to, to get that second. And, you know, whether they would have got that second if, um, you know, Sergio Rico hadn't gifted Liverpool a penalty, because that's what happened. Liverpool didn't win it. I think Sergio Rico basically handed it to him because it was a really bad goalkeeping error. Um, he should have held the first shot, in all honesty. But, you know, it felt like even if they hadn't scored on the 82nd minute from a penalty spot, it felt like Liverpool had that intent there and it would have come eventually. I think it shows real character, you know, but at the same time, I don't think, you know, drawing a 1-1 game with a team who's just got a new manager would have shown Liverpool bottling it or a lack of character. It just happens. But the fact that they came back there, you know, spot on. 
you know, a little start for you. Copyright Andrew Beasley. In 18 games following Champions League knockout games for Liverpool, they've only won four times in the league. So do you think we overlook the impact that like the game against Bayern Munich and those sorts of games have on, on a Liverpool team who go into that Fulham game surely quite tired, if not physically, mentally as well? Yeah, because it's not just Liverpool that have um, had a, a tougher game after in the, um, the European games. You look at Man City in the FA Cup, they've mm. had to proper fight down yeah. at Swansea. I know United was a bit earlier on, but they had to. Um, obviously, they've had a poor result in the FA Cup as well. It's obviously going to be uh, very hard for teams when you're going across to Europe and you've got to have that bit more playing these quality sides. Um, it's going to be a more open game. Yeah. Playing a team like Fulham, it's, it's very different. I think everyone expected them to be more defensive. And like Christian's just saying, Scott Park, it's going to be a very tight setup. So to have that mental switch to prepare for one game and then the other when you do it in quick succession, it's always going to be a strain on teams. So it's uh, been the case for a number of years now. And like you said, if that's the start there, four wins, it shows how good a performance it was to grind out in the end. And likewise, I mean, you're 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 as well. Uh, United lost to Arsenal, Arsenal straight after PSG yeah, and Tottenham true. got beat by Southampton after beating Dortmund. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and even you talk about there, Theo, how Bayern and um, Fulham are different teams. I mean, I'd say Burnley are another different yeah. team. So they've, yeah. they've had to go. Klopp said that. He said yeah. it's basically preparing three different games against three completely different teams. Yeah, so it's, it's, and it's, a, it's a measure. you just got to say objectives achieved six points and progression in the Champions League by the way you've seen Bayern's results well, they win in the weekend 6-0 they, they win 6-0 again 6-0 yeah. yeah. wasn't it yeah they're good. I, I'm not I'm, I'm sorry I know not to go back but I'm not having this whole they're not a very good team I think Liverpool made them look ordinary I think the, 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 they, they had were, one or two players missing to be fair they to did but I think have Liverpool, to be the players who could run they did have a lot of players who couldn't run mm. but that's that's on but them, a, lot, a lot was made a lot, to be fair a lot was made when Tottenham beat Dortmund 3-0 and Bayern now lead the way, don't they? So it's, you know, Bayern are right now the better team in Germany. So Liverpool went and won in their own backyard. It's not bad. Doily, they've won yes. every every time we seem to see a title challenge. We mm. seem to see a win at Fulham, a late win at Fulham. I think you wrote a piece on Saturday saying I did, yes. Liverpool have got to avoid this Fulham hoodoo. <laughs> they've won their late again. Yeah. It's the Penfield game, yeah. It, wasn't, it was a penalty for Liverpool as well, yeah. So. Was that the Penfield game? Penfield game, that was the Penfield game. Do you want to explain what Penfield is? Penfield game, by the way, everybody. It is what on earth we're on about. You will see this, certainly from me and Neil Jones, sometimes from Christian as well. Even when I'm not at the game. Yeah. <laughs> and Liverpool win a penalty. It will be a tweet that comes out, Penfield, and it's lowercase. Doesn't doesn't even have you know, caps or anything. And this came came from the game when Gerrard uh, scored that penalty. Sturridge went down because a lot was happening towards the end of that game and there wasn't really enough time to type everything out on Twitter and you know, Sturridge goes down if I just literally just rattled out pen for live and I think Neil Jones was watching it in a in a pub. Not that he should have been because I don't think it was the live game was he? He was watching on some stream or something. It was a little bit behind and uh, he just think looking at his phone waiting for the final score to come up and it just come up pen for live. He's like, we've got a penalty, we've got a penalty. So that's the story of that. What was the question? Curious case of <laughs> the question was the... The question the, was, yeah, yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah. So they've had this a couple of times. It's just one of these things that happens. You know, you're always going to get grounds that Liverpool are quite good at Fulham. They've had one or two defeats in the Premier League era, but normally it's a decent ground for them. And it, that Fulham game in 2014, that did set them up because it was straight after the Arsenal game. Yeah. It set them up for that long run where the, what was it, 11 games in a row, which put them in title contention. Because at the time, if they hadn't scored that goal, then they'd have been, I think they might have even been outside the top four if they hadn't scored that goal to win that game. 2009 was a bit different because they were always a little bit behind Manchester United in the sense that United always had a couple of games in hand. If they hadn't have beaten Fulham that day, which was, funnily enough, was 
with eight games to go. So it was exactly the same point of the season. Liverpool went top by two points from Man United, but they had two games in hand. So this time, the two points ahead of City, you've only got one game in hand. So it's it's almost the same, not quite the same. I think Liverpool, Liverpool are quite clearly in a better position than the last two times. And that's what made this win so important. Christian, you and I were talking earlier. It's over to Man City now. They've got that game in hand. But people almost overlook it, don't they? So Man City might drop points here or there. But Liverpool will probably still drop points as well, won't they? And I think you were saying that they, they've just got to kind of get through the next couple of games um, Southampton and Tottenham aren't they? Yeah Southampton well Tottenham and Southampton but yes right. it, it, it's one of those where if Man City don't drop any points from now to the end of the season they'll have won 14 straight in the league which, which, which well it record is what Liverpool yeah. were trying to yes. do in 2013-14 mm-hmm. there's one narrative fans um, and Liverpool you know despite this whole oh bottling the wheels are falling off you can tell I've got a baby bonus about this Um <laughs> Six wins, four draws. Their last draw was at Old Trafford. Uh, no, sorry, it was at Everton, wasn't it? Uh, so what was that? Two games and then another seven. They'll have won nine straight. It just doesn't really happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. teams don't... My point is, teams don't come with these crazy runs. Something will happen. Um, and what it is about now is looking at the fixture list and basically seeing where Liverpool can gain points on Manchester City. Now, it, week to week, it mightn't happen. For example, Liverpool might drop points against Tottenham. It's perfectly feasible. And... At that time, I think City uh, travels to Fulham. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it goes to what, let's say Liverpool drop points, goes to three, would, would it be, they'd be level, they'd be level they? with City, City by Cardiff, game in hand. Yeah. With a game yeah. in hand. So let's say they win the Cardiff game, that's three points. But City have got a really big run of results, a big run of fixtures to navigate. But so Liverpool, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at how hard Fulham ended up being. And then you look at Southampton on a, you know, on a Friday night, relegation threatened Southampton that's tough you look at Newcastle a Rafa team despite yeah. what everyone will say beforehand won't make things easy for Liverpool they got Chelsea you know Everton just turned over Chelsea I know City turned over Chelsea 6-0 but Sadi can get his tactics spot on the, the hope there for Liverpool is that they Chelsea keep an eye on the Europa League a little bit more I thought the Prague draw wasn't the best for Liverpool because you could have done with them playing Napoli or something yeah. like that even Wolves on the last day, hopefully again, Wolves are in the cup final and they play, um, you know, Steve Bull up front instead. But, <laughs> you know, we could they rest, make wholesale changes and rest the whole starting eleven. But there are, there are pitfalls all over the place and you look back to all these title races and there's always been unexpected. You know, you think about Ian Wone against Newcastle. You think uh, when Wigan beat Man United 1-0 at the DW yeah. in the 2011 12 season. There are results like this, even back to 08 09, even though it didn't really work out for Liverpool. You think back to United going down 3 0 to Fulham, yeah. you know, and getting two men sent off, Rooney hitting the corner flag. 13 14, you'd had, at the time, Chelsea losing at home to Sunderland. You'd had City dropping points to Sunderland. It's not going to work out that they all, you know, there's going to be between these two teams, two points dropped. It's going to be undulating throughout the rest of the campaign as you say the main thing is for Liverpool is to focus on themselves and not lose their heads if they do drop a couple of points because it will happen I'm, I'm almost certain it will happen it's just about dropping fewer than Man City did you say before you'd take four points in the next couple of games I think so I think yeah. I would I, I think that Southampton game's a lot harder than people I do I, I think realize. there's loads of, I, I think Cardiff's, Cardiff's are fighting there's for the only, there's only Huddersfield at home that can be a game that there's nothing on it for the opposition mm. yeah. all the others there is Tottenham, Tottenham's game they're, good, so they're still fighting for that top four place I mean Liverpool are 15 points ahead of them now how did that happen yeah, no. how did that happen bottlers yeah that's another yeah. <laughs> anyway don't, don't get me started on Tottenham but that means that they're going to be properly up for it maybe even less so than when they play Manchester City a bit a 
a month later because they'll be playing them in the Champions League around that time as well. But there's only really the Huddersfield game because we've said away, Newcastle, Cardiff, Southampton, they're all going to be scrapping. Yeah. At home, Liverpool have got Chelsea who always have a good record at Anfield and you can bet... Eight, eight well, they haven't, they, they haven't won at Anfield. Sorry, Liverpool haven't won at Anfield since 2012. Yeah. They've only won three or four of the last 16 meetings, Liverpool, or some, something like that anyway. And they've already won at Anfield once this season anyway. Uh, so there's that Wolves game at the end of the season, but I always think that if Liverpool need to beat Wolves in the last game of the season, you'd expect them to, no matter what. Theo Squires, is Sadio Mane going to finish as Premier League top scorer and make <laughs> me apologise to Daniel Kay? Um, probably not. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? I reckon we should have him as a special appearance on the pod. Uh, Dan Kay, that is. If you're listening, and you're not too busy over the next couple of weeks. Could you please come down? I, I will give an on-air apology to Dan Kay if he does end up as top scorer. And I know Christine has also got a little bit of money riding on that. Of course, you? I have. At what point? Fair, at what got, point at the start of the, the, start of the season? Really? Yeah, eighty Sorry, to one. Really, that's quite good. That's mm, not yeah. bad. You've <laughs> got money riding on everything. I have. I've got Alison for you know top goal scorer as well. It's just, it's just. I've got Van Dyke Player of the Year as well. James, um, Milner, James well. Milner as well. I've got a lot of losers, but there's a couple of winners in there. <laughs> there are a couple of winners. Uh, I backed the Salah hat trick on uh, on Sunday, so you know it's not all. Don't, don't gamble, kids. Is it Harry Kane hat trick at Bournemouth, the one that it, yeah, yes. that's the famous the one. The one where it? I was yeah. up in the press box. Yeah, yeah. 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 fifty to one for Harry Kane's got a hat trick in any game, but it was but, against Bournemouth. Anyway, but then surely if you bet on him in every game. Score a hat trick then? No, because I'm still, I'm still. Well, he, I'm probably up because he because he <laughs> scores a lot of hat tricks. You know? <laughs> but yeah, um, don't gamble because it's a mugs game. But you know, easy to one Sadio Mane, and an apology to Dan Kay. No apologies. I'll have he hasn't done it yet. He, he did. He did, he did say. He well. But he did say at the start of the season that who's Sadio saw, Mane or Dan Kay? Dan Kay. <laughs> be amazing if Sadio Mane said this on the Blood Red podcast. He did say Sadio Mane top goal scorer, Allison Player of the Year, and Liverpool to win the league. And at the time, everyone went, "That's ridiculous." As if Sadio Mane is going to be top goal scorer and a, a defensive player will win Player of the Year. It could happen. Well, Alisson's probably the most ridiculous out of the three. But, but even Van Dijk, you know, a defender's probably going to win it, even though Liverpool are winning the league and Sadio Mane's top goal scorer. Who else could take it off Van Dijk, do you think? Aguero or Sterling. There's a little bit of rumbling around Sterling now. I don't know, you could say there's a rumbling around Mane now as well if he keeps it up. Ooh, Aguero's also that'd be annoying. Me. Aguero must score about 20, 30 goals every season and he never ever... He's not even he's in the, the team, team of the year. year. Yeah. Yes. If all those three things are right, I'll stand in St. Paul's Square in that pink goalkeeper kit with Alison <laughs> on the back and a sign saying Dan Kay was right and I was wrong. Really? If all, if the, all, all of those three things... Well, they're not going to. What if Van Dyke gets, gets player of the year? Would you do not, it? Still oh, no, that. not that pink goalkeeper kit. No, you won't do it, no? No, no okay. definitely not. But you do it without the pink goalkeeper kit? No, I'm, st- I'm not, I'm not going to. I'll, I'll apologise on air to Dan Kay and say, uh, you were right, I was wrong. Because I did laugh at him. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on and talk about... <laughs> talk about Mohamed You're Salah. You're controlling this really well, yeah, Joe. It's just, <laughs> just descending into chaos. This is why you should just do it. Um, Tony, are you worried about Mohamed Salah? Is he just trying a little bit too hard? No, I mean, but is that yeah. getting into his head a bit too much? Well, a little bit. A little bit. I think he was just... I think he fell into that complacency thing in the sense that he thought, great, Fulham, they're not very good. I got a great chance of scoring here. And he did have quite a few... Half chances, chances, but you know, he just he was being too greedy. There were one or two instances. There was one in particular where I think it was four on two, wasn't it? And then he could have passed to one on yeah. Mane or somebody else, and he just chose to carry on with it a little bit like he did at, in uh, in Munich in midweek, where he he had that, but he could have could have won a penalty, but he stayed on his feet and ended up having the yeah. well, he, the shot got blocked, didn't it? Through to Neuer. Yeah, it's getting into a mind, I think, a little bit. I think, um. He's trying a bit too hard, a little bit too greedy. And then when the chance did come for him in injury time, where 
it was through. He just hits it straight at the keeper. You know, maybe once he gets that 50th goal, because he's going to score at least one more goal again this season. I think it's fair to say that. And then that'll, that'll just kick him on again. He almost needs to just take a penalty, doesn't he? Not that penalty, because that's no, pretty important. a penalty when it's 4-0, 4-0. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, he no, did he... take that penalty, because I didn't watch the oh, penalty. Oh, yeah, he didn't <laughs> watch it, did he? <laughs> he didn't watch the penalty. Did that take me back on the penalty? So you paid money to go and watch that game, and yeah. then when it came to the crucial point, you turned away because you couldn't bear watching it. I mean, to say heads had fallen by that point, yes. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until I got back to see me my, my friends afterwards, because obviously... Did you genuinely think it's allowed to score that I penalty? I genuinely forced, <laughs> and then I checked Twitter, went back, because everyone like celebrated, yes, get in, but no one obviously, well, in, he's not got a song, Milner, has he? So it was just sort of like yeah Liverpool Liverpool because they would have been singing Salah if they'd scored it they weren't singing anything <laughs> so it was just a bit sort so of if you ever lived a game with Christian Walsh you'll know yeah, the emotions that, much, yeah. that he goes yeah. through yeah. on if the you... opening day of the season he goes to that many emotions that, uh, you, you wouldn't put anything past him on the match uh, yeah. he lives yeah. it don't you, you yeah, yeah, you yeah there's, nothing as wrong, as there's nothing wrong with that no, no there isn't as long as they don't that. get to the penultimate game this season needing to win to hold on to the title hopes as long as they're not 3-0 up just be on the side with the camera around basically just see you shaking your chair now it's like therapy this I'm in a circle <laughs> but yeah I, did, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't I didn't I thought Miller until I got back on to the coach I thought Salah had taken him yeah <laughs> uh, wow I don't really know what to say to I think what we've learned from there is that you didn't read our stuff after Spell yeah. after the game no but I think I think I checked to his and I always read your ratings so I yeah, and then go, what is he watching <laughs> what, what do you mean Milner scored <laughs> Milner's got that wrong yeah if you did read Ian Doyle's ratings and you've got any feedback it's ian.doyle at reachplc.com and, and, if you, and if you've Doyle. got any feedback on the website in general <laughs> and there are any headlines that you like to have issue with or any maybe social media posts to the adverts to your head in is there anything else then get in touch with Joe Rimmer who can be found on Twitter at JoeRimmer88 and also on email at joe.rimmer at reachplc.com <laughs> Theo Squires, are you worried about my house, <laughs> Um A little bit more now than a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think the international breaks come almost at the wrong time for the sense that he's not going away with it. Um, so in October, when he was last having his little rut, uh, went away with Egypt, scored, and then he was banging in goals after yeah. that. The same thing actually happened last year when he had a little drought, went away with Egypt in October, scored a load afterwards. So it'd be kind of nice if he did have these games change of scenery to then get some goals um, but obviously he's now just going to be stuck at Melwood for a couple of weeks uh, kicking his heels hopefully um, maybe an arm around the shoulder from Klopp uh, can get him right but he is getting too greedy I wish he'd trust his right foot a bit more mm. I think the main one was that one late on wasn't it when Martin has waited for him to make that run it's almost if you make the run I can pass you and then you can be one on one and he still just kicked it straight at the keeper um, I've been saying for a few weeks now he's not the penalty taker all these penalties Liverpool have had when Salah's been on the pitch James Milner hasn't been on the pitch so I don't think it's really any surprise that Milner took that penalty um, but we've been saying for a couple of weeks as well hopefully Liverpool get a dodgy penalty so Mo can take it uh, he just needs to go yeah he just Christian he almost needs to just be told look you're playing in a side that's top of the league playing well winning games just don't worry about it so much. They're still scoring goals and, and it just looks like he's got the weight the world. Uh, uh, that was literally the, the the phrase I was going to use. And it feels like both physically and emotionally, yeah. it feels like he's got... And I think he sort of maybe saw it a little bit at the World Cup as well. Where, and yeah. I know he's on a, he was on a much worse team, but it really looked you know, inside there, Egypt, and I just goes to Liverpool, but it looked really... <laughs> um, 
it looked like it was weighing him down a little yeah. bit, being the main man for Egypt there, where it hasn't really before because it's such an event. Yeah. Whereas you don't want to do like you don't want to sort of do amateur psychoanalysis on on the fella, but you do feel like if it, if the gravity of what's going on at the moment hits him and he's thinking, well, the hell, I'm I'm the main man still. I've got to sort of do this and I've got to do that. I've got to score the goals. I've got to create the chances. I've got to do everything. When it isn't like that at no. the moment, you know, Mane's more than more than holding up his his end of the bargain. I do, you know, I tweeted it after the game, after I found out he didn't score the penalty. But um, <laughs> I did wonder, you know, is this just the byproduct of more players trying to mark him out of games? You know, it feels like he's been double, tripled up. And even when it was happening last season, towards the end of the last season, he still had somebody like, say, Oxlade-Chamberlain who was making runs yeah. from deep. So you'd have that sort of, one would have to follow Oxlade-Chamberlain. It felt, it felt like... In this setup now, it's far easier to nullify what Salah can do than than maybe when Oxlade Chamberlain was in there, because you know there's not necessarily anybody with any dynamism running from deep. Sort of Lallana's done quite well, I thought, in his in his, his last two games, but he's not somebody who's going to have that turn of pace, which sort of yeah. alerts the defender and makes yeah. them go one way. I think what you're seeing there with Salah is because so many people are looking at him on the right hand side. Mane, I don't think it's any coincidence that since Liverpool have reverted to this 4-3-3, you've got Salah, le- Salah right and Mane left. And since Salah's been on the right and been getting a lot of attention, Mane's just been lighting up yeah. You know, yeah. Liverpool on, on the left-hand side because he's getting more space. Defenders aren't tracking him as much. Teams are naturally defending a little bit more to the to the right-hand side where Salah occupies. So I'm, I'm not worried about him in that sense. It'd be nice if he chips in with a few more goals. I'll start to be worried when Mane stops if that makes sense. I think at the moment, Liverpool are set up. I feel when if one or two of them aren't performing, then the other one will step up to the plate. If Liverpool have one or if Liverpool have two out of the three performing, great, you know, they've got a real chance. If all three of them perform, they could win the double because they are really like, they're unplayable on their yeah. day. Um, I don't know if it's as simple as saying he just needs a goal, but he does just need a goal. It feels like if he slots that one in there against against the Sergio Rico in the last moments, you just feel like that that worry had sort of yeah. you know leave him. But seems like a quite an emotional well, fella, doesn't he? In he terms, does. he, not, lives, he lives it like you, Christian. Yeah, yeah, let's not it. forget he scored twenty goals in all yeah. competitions. Well, this, this is the other thing. I there's, say. O- there's only I think it's Kane, Aubameyang, and Aguero who scored more goals. Well, based in England. Overall competitions, and there's only Aguero who scored more goals in the Premier League, yeah. so it's not like he's, he's a victim absolutely. Of, he's a victim of his own success because it was so sensational what he did, and and I don't, you know, players don't sort of have a, a season like that and all of a sudden regress to the, you know, it, it's not. He was he was worth his 44 goals last season. He was absolutely incredible, and if he hadn't had that season, we'd all be saying. This is a this is a brilliant first season for Mohamed Salah, but because he's had such an amazing first season, everybody's going, "Oh, is he struggling?" Well, he's not reaching the heights of last season, but he's still playing a very very crucial part in Liverpool's you know title charge and Champions League. I remember you saying months ago, Doyle, and it probably hasn't added to it much recently because he hasn't been scoring. But the number of times Salah opened the goal scoring for Liverpool yeah. in a, in a crucial game, the amount of times Salah one nil has come in Napoli, Huddersfield. Well, do you, do you know who's done it the most now? The Premier League, it's Aguero and then it's Mane. There we go. That, so, that completely, absolutely did me and didn't No, it, it didn't it because the, the, the Salah thing was in the Champions League as well. It was in ah, all competitions. Ah, right, so, okay, I see. So it underlines what you were saying before about Mane and the fact that because Salah is getting all the attention, Mane's now the one who's getting in. He's getting all the first goals. goals. So, but, but, but basically, as long as Liverpool win, I'm sure 
you'd rather have Salah score 25 goals this season and Liverpool win a trophy than 44 and be a valiant runner-up. And he'd like that as well. I wonder if that's why um, Klopp suddenly started having Mane as the striker rather than Salah when Firmino mm-hmm. comes off because he's in form there and maybe he's seen something behind the scenes where he knows defenders are paying more attention to Salah. So when Mane's got the confidence, he's getting the goals, you might as well put him up front and it's worked when you've seen it. It happened against Watford. Yeah. You know. The other thing about that is that because Origi's kind of, I thought Origi did really well when he came on. I thought yeah, he, he showed a good, he showed a yeah, bit of pace, bit of power, was quite willing to just run at the defenders. And I think he's emerged as an option on the left, which was perhaps was the one position that we've said earlier this season that Liverpool might have to buy somebody on, the, on that left wing because other than Mane, who can really do anything like what he has been doing? And okay, Origi is not Mane, but... He's offering something a little bit similar and that's allowed in you know Mane to go central or, or move the other players around a bit more than perhaps they've been able to in the past. I actually think we've been sleeping on Origi a little bit. Not literally, that'd, that'd, that'd be painful for him. But I do think, um, I think his cameos recently, I mean, obviously there's the Derby one, but the, you, that doesn't count. I'm talking about like in the past month or so, I think his cameos have been spot on. Scored against Watford. Well, I mean, he, he, that was from the start, but in general, he's, he's, he's an impact oh, yeah, sub. Yeah, um, he, he feels like he's coming on. He's stretching tired defences and he's giving Liverpool just that out ball, yeah. which they need sometimes mm. when, when they're under the cost. It's just nice to have that out ball. Just, just shuttle run down that left hand side and keep the ball, and and, and he's doing that at the I moment. The he, he'll play a part in the third goal in, uh, in Munich. Yeah, as well. Exactly. The, ball up the difference between him and, and Sturridge when they come off the bench. Sturridge is a different player though, isn't he? He's, he, an, he is, he's now an out striker that's lost his pace, so starts to starts to drop back because he wants to be involved and feel as though he's involved with the team. And yet you say to him, just stay up a bit. And then again, he, he did set up. He set up uh, Mane's fourth goal against Burnley, didn't he? He so did. He, but, he but, but, he only had one defender, though, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, no, he still had to make the pass, didn't <laughs> but he? What I would say about Sturridge, and it's it's compared to Origi, I think Origi is naturally his game and, and the way he plays and assists, you know, his, his, his preferred positions is set up to be a sub because tired in legs, you know, he's, he's got that little bit of, you know, dynamism again. Whereas if you're, if you're chasing the goal and, and you bring on storage, you, you'd think that you bring on storage to be a fox in the box, but he's not really that anymore. So no. he's sort of dropping off and doing exactly what the other players have exactly. been doing. So if you don't start him, you can't really bring him on. I know he obviously scored off the bench from Chelsea, but that again was just the was his last goal but for Liverpool, wasn't it? And, and it was a pot shot, which mm. we've seen stories do a lot. He's tries it every time. He's only shot on target against United. Yeah. It's quite telling that uh, Klopp's stopped using Sturridge and he's stopped using Moreno altogether. I think mm. um, Moreno on the bench at the yeah. weekend, mm. that was the first time for a good number of weeks now. Mm. So I think that says all we need to know about it, their I futures. I think it, that was only because James had to do the verdict. He lost. Because he would have picked... James ahead of Moreno. Come on, keep up. Anyway, I I, I want to touch on a a few more players before we we move on. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Christine mentioned one of them, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Joe Gomez is another. Both of them players, uh, Klopp has said, that will be back fully fit after the international break. Mm. Is there any way either of them you think will play a significant role from now towards the end of the season? Or? Well, they, won't, they won't against Tottenham, but I would imagine that they will certainly play a few games between now and the end of the season. Yeah, certainly Gomez might play. Not well, sure whether Ox- not sure, we're not sure whether Oxlade-Chamberlain will get into a starting lineup unless things either people, a lot of people get injured or things go massively wrong. Let's put it that it's, way. I'm glad you said that about Gomez, though, because I think surely Gomez faces the bigger task now to get back in the team. Yes, Just but, because you don't put a young guy but, back but, in. But he's been there from the start of the season. He played the first three or mm-hmm. four months. 
he's the one where you could stick him in and you wouldn't have to worry about him. So say Matty ends up being the first choice between now and the end of the season and there's them games in between the Champions League games and you're playing Cardiff away or whoever, mm. you can play Gomez then. Perhaps you can play, Lovren, play, right you play Lovren then. You can play right back as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. So that'll help in that sense. And I think Gomez himself probably realises, you know, Matty's been doing well. There's no way I'm going to get ahead of Van Dijk, but I can still do a job. And there's Lovren as well. Don't forget. So, you know, Lovren's been... I'm not forgetting. Lovren's been... Injured almost as long. It feels like it's just been almost as long as uh, it's only. It's only like about, few, about four, three or four I weeks. On, on, fewer, on the sly, yeah. Liverpool yeah. have had like. I mean, we knew this the back in January, but yeah, they've yeah. been missing for a fair portion mm. of the season. They've been forced really that Matipu, and this might be really unfair. I, I haven't got the numbers to hand. It felt like he was always had this tag of injury prone himself, as has been pretty durable yeah, for, yeah. For in the past uh, three months and he even he dislocated his shoulder against Napoli yeah, although that's that's one of those it's yeah, impact isn't it it's, it's not like in the pre-season as well didn't he yeah, yeah he did so, so, that, yeah, so I'm not making Matty, it up yeah. Yeah, I am not making it up <laughs> but I think with Oxley chamberlain it's one of those race hardenies isn't it that he's actually he's coming back into the fold when Lallana's just starts to kick on a little bit um, and I know it's only two games for Lallana and you know Tottenham at home and Chelsea at home would you rather see what fully fit you would rather see Oxley Chamberlain than, than Adam Lallana but there's also Naby Keita to come back so you just think where does Oxley Chamberlain he's going to have to be on the bench does he so whose place does he take from that from that it could be Sturridge Joe Naby, are, you, are you worried about Naby Keita uh, well I, I was going to come on to <laughs> Naby Keita uh, it is well, with Oxley Chamberlain coming back he is somebody that during this international break needs to A get himself fit and B mm. impressed doesn't he because they are, he's had that many false dawns now at Liverpool and and he, he seemed to get back into the team briefly a few weeks ago, but then when the big games came, disappeared, and we haven't really seen him since. No, I think it's gone under the radar a bit as well. Like um, it was up in the air whether he was going to be involved at the weekend, but uh, the international squad came out and he already wasn't in it. Yeah. So uh, I think that says a lot about these false dawns that no one's really paying attention on him now. They're expecting him to have to go again next season almost. He's just there as a squad player uh, he's had a couple of really good games I think Burnley away uh, Bournemouth was potentially another one mm. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's obviously a player there there's talent there and uh, we've had to be patient with Fabinho see now how important he is to Liverpool's system um, if he's just a squad option until the end of the season he's still a very good player to come off the bench um, that's why Jurgen Klopp spent so much money in the summer to make the squad this strong and when you've got Oxlade Chamberlain coming back in that's an option Liverpool never expected to have at this stage of the season. I think every fan had written off Lana's Liverpool career, and that's another option there to the extent that Shakiri's not played in however many weeks. Don't ruin the next question. <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows that even if um, Salah's struggling to score, Firmino's had a bit of a dip as well on and off for a number of weeks now. Um, there are the players there there's the quality there they've just got to deliver Liverpool have serious options in midfield once everybody's fully fit I know obviously cases flattered to deceive at times uh, and you know obviously Oxley chamberlain has got to prove his fitness and I suppose Lallana's got to sort of prove his consistency now but you know it's, it, 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 there's some there's some real options there you know Henderson, Lalana, Milner Oxley chamberlain Keita Shaqiri I suppose but I guess Shaqiri well, not to ruin your next question, but becomes one of those options in the front three now off the bench. Um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he how he juggles it. I think personally, I think Wijnaldum's starting to look a little bit tired. Does, yeah. I think the past few games, he's, he's had zero impact really, either going forward or back. Um, and he's played a lot. Of, he's been the man that everybody's relied on really in terms of Liverpool's midfield. It feels like he's been the ever-present there. So, you know, I, th I think maybe if, if anyone... And if Oxley Chamberlain's return and Casey's return is going to help anyone, 
it might be Genie Van Alden just to give him a little bit of a breather. But he's been so important for Liverpool this well, season. It's hard to. I, it's hard say, well, I, don't, I don't think Van Alden would have played on Sunday had Henderson been fit. Mm. Just a couple more then. You have ruined the next question. It was going to be about Jed and Shakiri. Has he suffered 4-2-3-1 seems to have died a death. Mm. And Shakiri's disappeared pretty much ever since. Has he suffered because of that, Doyle? Yeah, and also I think he's suffered because got to bear in mind his last couple of performances when he did play wasn't particularly good yeah but, and that, yeah, but then there's, that, there's not been but, particularly good but the other players haven't been particularly good but not disappeared well you say that but Keita you know funny enough for Keita is that he ended up but he had a couple of good games and then he then he, dis- then he, <laughs> then he disappeared which wasn't entirely his fault but yeah but I think it's it's we know what Shakiri's like and what he can do and he just hasn't had the opportunity to do that for one reason or another over the last couple of weeks. And it just so happens that his last few performances weren't particularly great. So that's the justification for not playing him. Okay, final subject then. It sort of flew under the radar a little bit yesterday that Liverpool reached their first FA Youth Cup final since 2009. Um, Paul Glatzel, the German... Who? Paul Glatzel. Paul Glatzel. I'm sorry, I thought you... Is that what we're going with, yeah? That's his name. That's how you pronounce it. He had a piece in the match day program where he even yeah. says this is how you pronounce my name. It's Powell, yeah. as in Powell. I, I thought Liverpool had signed him from like Bayern Munich youth team or something. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a Liverpool lad, basically, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, a Liverpool lad who's, who's moved to Wigan. And he's got, yeah. so, yeah, it's not... Is the not Powell like, the Wigan? Great. Is that the Wigan pronunciation? That's, that would be the Wigan pronunciation. Hey, up, Powell. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how are you doing, <laughs> Iron? <laughs> he's scored 28 goals this season, anyway. He has, yes. And Liverpool have been very good at under-18s level and are going to face either Man City or West Brom in the mm. final. We'll do it's that the first yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, West Brom did really well to no, be Everton. Who very, who've got no, very no, good West Brom, I, I just so, mean because yeah. it's Liverpool City, isn't yeah. it? It's the first time since 2009 Liverpool have had a team in the final. And that team, which I've just looked over a piece that Christian Walsh wrote in mm-hmm. 2015, 2015, had the likes of Andre Wisdom, had mm-hmm. a decent career, Laurie Daly Valley, who apparently has retired at the age of 26, which I didn't know until... Very recently. Did he go to Fulham or did I dream that? Um, yeah, he was a part of the Kinchesky deal. Yeah. 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 And Kalarachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachrachr
Kakalakalakalic, or however you pronounce his name, has probably had the best career. I think he was capped 19 times. I always had a decent career. Yeah, I had a decent yeah. career in the championship and, and wisdom and, and in both decent careers. But none of them have really hit the heights that perhaps Liverpool will have hoped for back then. How much do these cup finals mean, do you think? It always felt like a bit of a criticism. You know, Steve Highway was always lauded as a, a really excellent, you know, youth mm. coach, but if anything, the teams of 05 and 06, and I don't know if he was in charge in 09, um, but it felt like they were teams set up to win youth cups rather than develop. And I feel like it's great individually for players. I think it's good to get into that winner mentality. But ultimately, the main thing that matters is that they develop into players. You know, it, you can be the best in class for the at, the, at under 18 level, but if you're not learning the skills to become the best player at under 21 level and then the best player at senior level, it's a little bit of a waste. You know, it, it's great for them to have a medal. It's great for them to have the adulation. And I'm not, you know, disparaging it's, what they've done, it's, but it's the main thing is that Glatzel, more important than that little medal that he'll get. I'm not, again, that sounds quite disparaging. I don't know how big the medal is. <laughs> but more important than the medal he will get by winning the Youth Cup is, is that development, which he is getting as well, to move into the 21s next season, for example. He already has started to, to, to play for the 21s, 23s. 23s. It's not 1999 anymore. Um, <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> I'd have it. Um, so it's great for individually, but I think the main goal for Liverpool is is that sort of holistic approach of getting them to play that style of football and developing them into actual players. I'd say it's a generation thing, isn't it? Like every year group, you're lucky, I suppose, if you've got one player that comes out and sets the world alight, like Trent is probably the most recent mm. one. But every few years, you do get these golden generations. So I think the obvious example is Class of 92 yeah. for United. Liverpool obviously had Owen and Carragher and then Gerrard yeah. a bit later at the same time. If you want to talk about um, Youth Cup teams in the mid-noughties, uh, Southampton, I think, won it a couple of years before Liverpool. That team had Lalana, Gareth Bale, Walcott, and then you've got a few others who've been a bit lower down in the careers, like uh, Nathan Dyer, Leon Best. And that's pretty respectable when you mm. compare it to the Liverpool teams we're talking yeah. about there. 2011 United, yeah. that Pogba and Lingard. You know, it's I just... think it's the message it sends out as well, because if Liverpool do well, then it becomes a destination that you know, parents want to send their teams to yeah. these, to send a player, sorry, to these teams because they know that they're going to be successful. They've got a better chance. Because if you're winning the Youth Cup, you surely must have a better chance of making it than if you get knocked out in the third, fourth round because you, you just get that greater exposure and other, other teams, other clubs see you as well. And you're clearly getting, you know, you coached quite, well. And you, you must know. be quite good at yeah, football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But I mean, the, the big thing for Liverpool or whoever wins it is to then move on to the next step. Chelsea mm. won seven of the last nine and yeah. we'd all know the problems they've had bringing youth that's, players that's, through. That's different though. They haven't, they haven't had got problems in terms of no, the players. They just don't them, yeah. want to play them. No, no, exactly. But that's the idea. Yeah. There needs to be a pathway. You don't get these great players. Jurgen Klopp. You know, and to be fair, Brandon Rogers before him, they both were quite happy with, with these players. Yeah. Well, look on the bright side. If they do lose, then in 10 years' time, someone like us can write a story about where are they now and it'll do quite well. So, Will the internet still exist then? <laughs> do you reckon anyone will ever do that about us? Well, way more I'll be. I'll probably still be here. <laughs> <laughs> right, and on that note, welcome uh, to the Blood Red Podcast 2029. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Glassell. <laughs> and Paul Glassell Jr. As a <laughs> right, and on that note, we will leave it there and we'll come back Friday where we'll desperately try and fill 45 minutes of talk during the middle of the international break. Good luck. See you then. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.